All right, welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark. In this show, we are going to talk to you about what's happening in the markets and how we are trading it. Today is Monday, September 19th, and there's a lot to talk about because last week, stocks had their worst week since June. The Nasdaq was down more than 5% for the week. This morning, the 10-year yield is the highest level since 2011. FedEx issues a warning and plunges 21%, and this week we have the all-important Fed meeting. So we want to show you what we are doing, how we trade these markets going into these crazy weeks. So there's a lot to talk about. We'll get started in just a moment. But first, I'm Marcus Hotcutter. This is my head coach, Mark Hodge, and uh, we, we are real traders who trade live accounts with real money. And uh, th therefore, we have a lot of trading experience, and we're showing you here how we trade these crazy markets. <laughs> so trust me, we know our stuff, and we're not afraid to tell you like it is. So if you're looking for some honest insights into the fascinating world of trading, you are in the right place. Now, with that said, let's take a look at what the markets are doing. And yeah, I mean, last week was just an, an ugly week. I mean, it started on Tuesday, right, Mark? It, it did, Marcus. It did. Like you said, the worst week since June, um, a, a pretty decent uh, down week, erasing the previous week gains and the S&P down 4.8% uh, for the week. Uh, just having a hard time uh, making up ground. Yeah. And uh, so this is where the, we were just sliding and we are going into the, the Fed meeting this week. So let's uh, talk about this for a moment and then uh, we can go back looking at the charts of what's happening here. So this week it is all about the Fed, the Fed, the Fed, the Fed. So we have a few other reports coming out, but as you can see, they're all just orange flag. Maybe nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> cares. Nobody cares. He wants to know, what is the Fed doing with interest rates? And uh, this is quite interesting because since last Tuesday, the probabilities have shifted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, it's, it's clear that the markets are pricing in a 75 basis point hike at this point. But uh, with that CPI data, we saw the shift going from uh, majority at the 75 basis point level, some at the 50, and then now shifting over to some saying or believing that there is the potential for the Fed to do 100 basis points. Uh, what do you think about that, Marcus? Well, if they do this, uh, you see, I looked it up this morning. Since World War II, the Fed has raised interest rates 56 times. And only seven times out of these 56 times, they did it one percentage point, so a full 100 basis points. So this is really, really the big gun. And I think the last time was in the 80s. So this is 40 years ago. So that would actually be a shock, especially since everybody is expecting that the Fed is only raising it by 75 basis points. I, I'm in this camp. I'm in this camp. I believe yeah. 75 basis points, and then they will reevaluate and assess the situation. I don't think that they are ready for a one percentage move yet, but we see that there is a little bit of a probability. And if this is happening, I mean, then the markets would be in a tailspin and we would definitely test the lows that we had in June. Sure, sure. I'm actually surprised that uh, there were so many times that a one percent increase actually occurred. Seven out of 56. What? That's uh, uh, one in eight times. I, I would have, I would have guessed just you know, less than three. Um, at any rate, I, I'm totally with you on that, Marcus, because if the Fed really believes that inflation is continuing, right, if they believe that we are seeing a higher inflation and that will continue, 
then they could pull out the big guns. But I do believe that the Fed, as well as others, believes we're near peak inflation. We're going to start to see improvements. And the 75 basis point hike is still a big, big hike. So I would see them coming in at 75 and you know maybe discussing concerns and what they might do for the next uh, you know, uh, Fed meeting or the next two, uh, still having some higher in, you know, increases on the table and then slowing it down. But we'll have to see. Yeah. And this morning, going into the market open, I mean, we had the 10-year yield at the highest level in 11 years. So if you look back, so this morning, really, we haven't had levels that high since 2011. Uh, has been pulling back a little bit ever since, but this is what we woke up this morning to. And if you if you look at a, at a five-minute chart of the E-mini Nasdaq, we see that coming into the session, super, super nervous, the market. So we we were opening much lower. We were opening, uh, what, minus 0.08%. I mean, almost a, a whole percent down. But ever since, it seems that the market have found the bottom here and are pushing a little bit higher. So what do you think about this? Will we rally into the Fed meeting? Yeah, you know... I think that there's going to be continued nervousness. So, you know, it, we're positive now. I, I think that's great that we were able to come off those lows and actually turn positive. Um, but I really don't think there's going to be clear direction uh, between now and the Fed meeting. It will probably be a little back and forth, a little uncertainty. At the same time, uh, being up a little bit here doesn't surprise me because we did have such a big down week and a little bit of buying after getting hammered last week. Yeah, that, yeah that, we, we see also last week, yes, we, we, we opened lower, but then we were diddling around on Friday, and I expect something similar today and tomorrow, and then sure. definitely on Wednesday. So I, I don't expect any major moves here. The major move will happen Wednesday afternoon after the uh, Fed decision and then the FOMC statement, the press conference. Yep, 2 p.m. Eastern time for the statement, 2.30 Eastern for the press conference. Yeah. All right, uh, let's take a look at our positions and uh, how we are doing. And um, so, yeah, super interesting. I, I was I was a little bit bummed on Saturday because I didn't get assigned. And, you know, when we're trading the wheel strategy, we are trading the wheel strategy with the purpose of getting assigned. And HSBC was one of the stocks uh, that I was trading and... Uh, I sold the, which one was it? The 30 or the 3050 put? Which one did we do, Mark? I think that was the 30. Yeah, the 30. Anyhow, it closed above 30, so we did not get assigned. And the same with uh, with Suncor. So this is where we had the 3050, and we closed on Friday at 3074, and we did not get assigned. And I was trading UAL. And I had the 35 and it was closing at 37. So I didn't get a sign there. So I don't know about you. I, I was bummed. Well, Marcus, I know that we have the a tale of the same stock, but two different outcomes with Google. Um, so you were assigned a couple of weeks ago. You've been able to collect some nice premium. And I was bummed a few weeks ago when I was not assigned, but I was able to sell the 10350 uh, put that did expire in the money on Friday. And I was assigned shares of Google at 103.50. So I didn't share the the same uh, uh, lack of enthusiasm over the weekend as you did, because I'm happy to own shares of Google at 103.50. I was able to sell calls today. 
Yeah, and that's exactly it, because when we're trading the wheel strategy, there's actually three steps to the wheel strategy. Number one, we're selling puts and collecting premiums. So that's great, right? And this is where many traders hoping that they do not get assigned. We want to get assigned because then when we are assigned, we can sell calls. And uh, you see, this is where I want to bring up my, my trading log here really quick and look at the dashboard. So right now, year to date, I have in, in realized profits 119,000 and something. And uh, when we look at the ratio of uh, puts versus calls, let me just zoom in a little bit. We see that I generated uh, just shy of $72,000 by selling puts, but another $46,000 by selling calls. And I was assigned 36% of the time. So one in three trades I'm getting assigned. And if I, if I would never get assigned, then I would only <laughs> make $72,000, right? So this is why... We want to get assigned. Now, over the weekend, I was in Toronto. I was at the money show and somebody said, well, if you, if you want to get assigned, why don't you just buy the stock outright and then just sell covered calls? <laughs> well, the same. I would lose a lot of money or leave a lot of money on the table because then I would have only made $46,000 and I would have missed out on the $71,917, almost $72,000. So this is why I think that the wheel is just the perfect strategy because it combines both worlds here. But yeah, I was hoping that I would get assigned in HSBC or Suncor at least. Yeah. And another thing to think about too, you know, because buying the shares, if you want to get assigned or even selling at the money puts to force an assignment, I would say on average, we're selling puts 5% below the, the stock. So that means that we have a cushion. So when it pulls back, one of the reasons why we like to get assigned at these levels is if it pulls back and it's a good quality stock at a good strike, there is a tendency for buyers to step in to drive the stock higher. So I think that that call premium and you know the overall numbers are part of being able to sell puts below the market, not necessarily at the market, and then you know seeing the stock drop. Yeah. Now, I mean, one of the things that we can do when we are not getting assigned, and this is what I did uh, this morning with Suncor, we both did it. Um, so we sold it again. We sold yeah. puts again. So therefore, we can collect more premium. We still like the stock. And uh, this morning, we were able uh, on the 29 put to collect 25 cents. So based on my account size, that's uh, around $1,000 in premium until the end of the week. So that's not bad at all. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, with our mastermind group, we were talking about it. The Fed statement is the biggie for the week. So it is important to recognize that going into the week and, and to consider it with trades that you're looking to put on. This is where both of us, with the protection down to 29, with it being, you know, uh, energy related, uh, I feel that this is a good good stock to consider heading into the Fed. Uh, that, that, yeah, it's a good trade. Yeah. And I haven't entered this one into the trading log yet, but uh, since I've already been trading it, I collected already some premium in there. So this works out. Now I can just tag on the premium and uh, that'll be just fine. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with this. The other one that we looked at this morning, at least I did, was uh, UAL, United Airlines. Um, so I was planning to sell the 35 uh, put, but then it rallied. We see this, this kind of ran away from us. But what we were looking at uh, this morning is United Airlines uh, for 35. I know that some of the mastermind members uh, jumped onto this one, got uh, 20 cents, 21 cents. So that's 43% annualized. Here in Suncor, we're looking at 62% annualized. 
not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. So yeah, this worked out well. So other than this, yeah, I can remove HSBC. So don't have this anymore. Uh, Google, I got assigned it uh, 108. So I need to wait until Google pops back a little bit before I can sell calls there. Uh, very similar situation to Nvidia. So Nvidia having a good day today. Uh, so Nvidia up one and a half percent. I sold, uh, I got assigned shares at 195. So I don't like selling calls below my assigned price, right, Mark? Yeah. You know, I, I ran, I did a, a, a model where I was looking at what happens when we are assigned. And if we sell calls uh, at our assignment, if we sell calls below our assignment to collect 1% a week. Um, and also what happens if we just sell calls at our assignment price to get anything as long as it's a nickel rather than the 30%. And uh, based on my testing, uh, waiting significantly outperformed. So that's why you know, when we make decisions, yes, we have experience, but we're not just doing things half-assed, just hoping it works out. It's based on a lot of testing, a lot of hours to, to really look at different scenarios and, and see what works best. So uh, we see that work, what works best and that's why we're doing it. With that said, Marcus, do you think LVS is about ready to break out? Oh my gosh, LVS. So this was a good one last week. Um, because our break even is at 41 and something and we sold 42 calls last week against the existing position here uh, and then it pulled back so they expired worthless this morning another push higher so <clears throat> maybe we're getting to a point where we are finally so, uh, breaking above the what 40 level and uh, I mean we have already been able to sell calls at our break even and as long as we can sell calls above our break even uh, and below the cost basis will be fine. I mean, ideally you want to do it at or above the cost basis, but we have been in this trade for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. And on that day on Thursday, it was a 5% up day. Uh, we were selling the 42s, which would have required another 5% move to take out or get to that level. Um, so it was a calculated decision right now. We're not selling calls. We want to wait, but gosh, I, I think this is ready to move. I think it's this finally going to yeah. This definitely looks ready to move here. Yeah. And I, I think once we break above this level, that the 40 level, uh, which is now acting as uh, resistance, will then become support and we'll probably have lots of fun selling calls here. It's time. It's time. Okay. <laughs> so UAL, I can remove this. Didn't get it filled this morning. Uh, expired worthless. And then uh, also have TPR and TPR. Um, Really interesting, nice move this morning, up two and a half percent. I got assigned at 37, so I want to sell the 37 calls. Again, this is just standard covered calls. Uh, might have to wait a few more days and uh, let's see what happens there. But I think uh, TPR, they're also very, um, I think, recession resistant because uh, they their brands are Coach, Kate Spade. So some of these brands, uh, I, I think the luxury goods will, will still good do good, even in a recession. I mean, all things considered, Marcus, this year, it's really been resilient to the move lower in the overall market. I mean, look at the chart. So kind yeah. of surprising, you know, I, I know that you, what you said and, and the, the case that could be made, but the chart says, hey, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> So this is why it's important trade what you see, not what you think. Now, one of the important things I want to come back to Google for a moment, because uh, you sold the 103.50. And uh, I mean, just looking at the chart, it became 
quite obvious on Friday already. I mean, they closed at 102.70 that, that you would get a sign. So why wouldn't you sell the, the calls already on Friday and therefore take advantage of the time decay over the weekend? I mean, it was pretty obvious that you get a sign, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is where really two reasons. One, uh, we don't necessarily know for sure if we're going to get assigned uh, because just like two weeks ago, I think it was when you got assigned shares and I did not. And it seemed like both of us would get assigned and that wasn't the case. So I always like to wait because I do not like to have naked calls on. I'm okay selling naked puts because you're capped at the stock going down to zero. And I believe by picking good stocks and good strikes, we're not going to have to worry about that. But on the call side, you're, you have unlimited risk. I mean, this thing could just take off. So I would rather own shares, make sure that they're in my account before I start selling calls. Um, the other thing is we really don't know what's going to happen over the weekend. It could be that today we open you know, 3% higher and then I missed out on that upside. So the bottom line for me is it's just uh, extra risk unless I'm assigned and I know that I own those shares. Yeah. And I mean, it's a topic, it's a question that we get all the time. So I did a, I did a video on this, diving into what you just said a little bit deeper. So take a look at this and uh, why it would be a huge mistake if you start selling calls early. So if you're trading covered calls on the wheel strategy, take a look at this video right now, and then we'll see you in the next update. Have a great rest of your day. Happy trading, everybody.